to Recruiting is No Joke, a live stream and podcast dedicated to the recruitment industry. I'm your host, Joel Algy. Each week, I sit down with leaders in the people space to hear their story, what's going on in the market, and what they see for the future. Remember, this is a live show, so if you're tuning in right now, please say hi and ask questions. If you're listening to the recording, welcome, and I hope that you can join a future live session. Special shout out to Brighthire and Teal for sponsoring the show. More on that later. But for now, sit back and enjoy the most unpredictable show in TA. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore, and my friends at Bright Hire are here to help. Bright Hire is a leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process, improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. Welcome, everybody, to Recruiting is No Joke. I'm your host, Joel Algy. It is great to be here. It's nice and sunny where I'm based in Wisconsin, so I'm excited about that. Uh, before we get started, special shout out to Brighthire and Teal. I'm uh, super proud to have both of those companies as a sponsor. And guys, I just released a bunch of episodes on iTunes as well. So if you're on that platform, please go find Recruiting is No Joke, leave a review, um, and leave five stars. Uh, obviously, if you enjoyed it, please don't leave any one stars. But in all seriousness, uh, go check out those past episodes. We've got some great, great content there and finally got them uploaded. So super excited. And for anyone who's out there, please get in the chat. Let us know who's out there. And if you've got questions throughout the show, uh, feel free to ask. But uh, super excited today. Uh, another great guest. So Krista, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, and thank you for the invite. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, I feel like we, I mean, we were just talking before, you know, a couple of minutes before the show that it was like two months ago since we chatted. So uh, at least it feels like a lifetime ago, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you're able to make it. I'd love for you, uh, for anyone who doesn't know you, could you just give us like a quick intro on like uh, what you do and, and, and who you do it for? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm director of people at Field Guide. Um, we are a Series A startup that is about 50 or so employees, um, still growing, which yes. in this market is something to be said. <laughs> I love that. Um, so yeah, growing this year, and um, we essentially were a SaaS platform um, for the audit, audit and advisory space, um, which is essentially kind of like a workflow platform. Um, and it's a really niche space and a space that really hasn't been penetrated yet. So um, we have a huge market and really excited to, to keep growing. Yeah, I love that. And in, in terms of uh, the TA team that you're working with, uh, I'd love to know a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So right now it's just me. Yay. Yes, let's go. <laughs> um, so yeah, as we ramp up uh, recruiting, we'll probably add another recruiter or so, or maybe even a sourcer. Um, but I'm really working on all tech and non-tech searches right now. 
Very cool. Very cool. Well, I always, I always like to uh, also find out like how you got started in recruitment. And uh, I, I feel like you have uh, a great story with that. So I'd, I'd love for you to just to kind of share like how you got started and how you kind of worked yourself um, up in, into the position you're in right now as well. And, and a little bit of background on that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, I had an interesting start to recruiting. So I did my master's degree in counseling. My specialization was in career development. Um, so I wanted to be like a university recruiter or a university career counselor or something like that. Um, right mm. after grad school, I moved here to the Bay Area. Um, but it was 2008 in the middle of probably the worst recession ever. <laughs> so nobody was hiring and nobody was hiring recruiters. Um, so, you know, I really like my dream job was like going to Google and being a university recruiter or something like that. Um, none of those jobs out there, unfortunately, at that time. Mm. And I did not want to work at an agency. I mean, I was like so anti never say never because that was <laughs> the only job I could get at the time. Um, so I took it because I needed to make some money. Um, and lo and behold, I was there for over 13 years. So I was at Premier Talent Partners, started as an account director slash recruiter doing both, you know, candidate management and the client side. So working directly with companies, hiring managers. Um, and really was very, very fortunate to work my way up over those 13 years. Um, so I held pretty much every front facing job you could imagine, um, and then moved over to the operations side and leadership side, um, and helped grow the business through a time of very, very high growth, um, mm. ending with basically, um, running the company towards the end. So, um, it was a wild, wild journey. Um, I left Premier early last year, so a little, right about a year ago, um, and really wanted to get into tech because a lot of our clients, most of our clients at Premier were tech companies. I have such a big network in tech, um, and really that was just a goal of mine and felt like that was kind of my next step to continue growing in my career. Um, and so luckily I landed at Field Guide, and it's been so fun. I'm learning so much. Um, but really, you know, all the fundamentals of recruiting are the same in my opinion. Um, so, you know, it hasn't been too big of a learning curve, luckily. What, what, I guess, obviously just spending so much time on the agency side, I mean, you obviously kind of more running the business side and the operation side, but was there anything that even after just being on the agency side for as long as you were, is there anything that really surprised you or like, I guess, what was like the biggest, the biggest change going internal? Ooh, good question. Um, you know, one of the things that I think kind of wore on me over time in the agency world was the fee structure and, you know, essentially doing work for clients nonstop and there's no guarantee that you're going to get paid on it. Right. Um, and so I think like that was a really pleasant surprise going internal to, um, you know, not have that, like, I don't know, attitude from hiring managers of like, you know, just a lot of times in agency, you're, you get ghosted and they just don't respond to you. And like in internal, you're a true partner to your hiring mm. managers, um, and really a strategic partner. And luckily at field guide, my hiring managers see that and respect that and, and really want to partner with me. Yeah, I love that. And I, I do feel like in that position where you're in, where you're like the, 
kind of the only person there as well. It can go either way. Like I've definitely heard some uh, really challenging stories, you know, depending on what leadership it is like, yes. but then also depending on how strong your background is going into it. Cause I think yes. a lot of times people are like, Oh yeah, it's great. I'm going to be the first pe people person people. Is yes. that, like, yeah. I'm going to be the first person in talent acquisition. And then they get in and it's like, wait a minute, we don't have LinkedIn recruiter. We don't have this. We don't have that. Right. I think you're having to like sell them on, on yes. kind of what most recruiters might consider like the basics. basics yeah. um, but you know, it's, it's great to hear that that's not been your experience. I, I guess in, in terms of, um, you know, if you, if you were to look at like agency recruiters who are potentially thinking of moving mm -hmm. internal, uh, which maybe not so much, uh, now but i'm sure like 18 months ago a lot of people were and in the future they will what are some of the things that you would uh think to that, that maybe they should be asking themselves to kind of prepare to go internal or maybe things that they would look for and just how they work that would prepare them well for, for going mm -hmm. internal um well number one thing is and it sounds cliche and you hear it all the time but it truly is about your network and you know who you know and um, that was really, I was very fortunate to, you know, have such a broad network and be able to essentially tap into that when I was searching for a role internally. Um, and, you know, I wasn't shy about reaching out to all of the people I knew and, and letting them know, you know, that I was looking and, and all of that. So, um, I think just keeping that network and not, not only going to your network when you're asking for something, but keeping in touch with people just as like a warm, hello, I thought of you today. How are you doing? You know, I think those are the things that, um, keep people, you know, connected to you over the years. Um, and, you know, starting my career 13, 14, 15 years ago now, um, I have kept in touch with a lot of my network. So I felt like people were really willing to give back and, you know, really wanted to help. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And obviously you mentioned kind of the, uh, the 08 recession and uh, I've heard parallels between kind of the market now and, and then. And obviously I think 08 was just way worse for a variety of reasons. But um, in terms of like that shift that you've seen with candidates, obviously you're at a, a space where there's a lot of layoffs going on or that there have been a lot of layoffs going on. We're still kind of continuing to see, uh, see that. But from your perspective with the candidates you're dealing with, what's been that kind of shift in mindset that you're seeing from candidates as they approach new opportunities? Like, and, and how are you... Um, I guess, how are you kind of like easing concerns of uh, people who are looking to make moves right now? Because I've heard it, it's, you know, some of these candidates are like, ah, are you sure now's a good time to make a move? Um, like how, what, what are you finding out there? And like, how are you having those conversations with candidates? Yeah, you know what's interesting? At least we've found that candidates are much more open to having a conversation now. And I feel like it was kind of like as of Jan 1, like this calendar year, um, like our response rate has gone way up. Um, and I, I do think it's because, in my opinion, candidates you know, feel maybe insecure about their role and or are hearing, you know, all of these people getting laid off. So it's like, no company is like safe right now. And then, you know, you like, you'd always think like, oh, it's, it's risky to go to a startup, but like <laughs> you've seen all the big dogs, you know, all big tech has done layoffs and you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. Um, I mean, recruiting teams just obliterated, right? So um, I have found that people are actually more interested in having conversations now, more open to that. 
Um, we actually haven't run into too many candidates who like have gone through our interview process and then said, I don't want to make a move because it's too risky. So luckily we haven't run into that yet. Um, are they, are they asking like a lot more questions around like stability and, and kind of like a lot more inquisitive around those types of things than, than maybe they were a year ago? Definitely. And that's always part of my pitch. When I hop on a call with a candidate, like I talk to them about our funding. I talk to them about our runway. I talk to them about like our future plans for, um, for funding and then like even our investor relationships. Right. So all of those things and obviously our growth, our revenue growth is important as well. Um, but I am like covering all of that in my like intro with candidates right now because I see them every time like they're checking off like, okay, she covered that, she covered that. And then at the end, a lot of times they say, well, you answered a lot of what I was wondering up front. Um, I was wondering about funding. I was wondering about your runway, you know, revenue, like all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It's, uh, you know, it's, I feel like we have to be more transparent now than, yes. uh, ever before, which I think it was going that way anyway. But now, uh, especially like I see a lot of the content that, for example, career coaches are putting out and a lot of them. So like coaching people to do now is to mm -hmm. ask like really yes. challenging questions. But then obviously, you know, and like you mentioned, no company is 100% safe. Uh, so, you, you know, it's like you can't guarantee anything. Mm -hmm. um, what do you what do you think? Um, and and Curious, like with, with you guys, are you guys fully remote as well or hybrid? What, what Where have you guys landed? Yeah, we're fully remote. So the company was actually founded like right after COVID happened. <laughs> so we've never had an office. Now, that being said, we're probably about 30, 40% of our employees are in the Bay Area. Everyone else is nationwide. We even have somebody in the UK. Mm. Um, but our well, company, What part of the UK? I'm just, I'm always curious about that. Um, I think outside of London. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then, but our co-founders are in San Francisco. And so there has been talk, like even our employees have the ones that are in the Bay area have asked for like, Hey, would there ever be a chance we'd get an office? Like we'd love to collaborate more. I know. So, I know. Crazy. So been talk of getting an office, but more of like a hub where people can come in if they want. Yeah. What's uh now, were you, were you uh, fully remote too when you were agency or did you kind of go through that, that shift as well? Yeah. So um, there were a handful of people prior to COVID who were hybrid, myself included. So I already had been working like two to three days a week from home, um, but mostly everybody was in the office pre-COVID. We went fully remote and never looked back. I mean, we got rid of all of our offices. Um, only like corporate headquarters, like the operations people would still go into the office, but everyone else, all of our like recruiting, um, front facing people were, uh, fully remote. Got it. Okay. So you can already use that environment. Do you think that's helped with, with, uh, with, you know, attracting people as well? Cause I feel, I feel like now it's, uh, I'm not, I mean, I think over the last maybe 20 guests, mm -hmm. I feel like only like one or two have been, have been fully remote where obviously like 18 months ago, a year ago, it was a, a different story. Right. Uh, so you think that that's helped to kind of a, attract talent as well, or do you kind of lead Definitely. with that in your messaging? Definitely. Yeah. And, and I have candidates who, I mean, on that first call, they're like, you know, like, <laughs> what are your, what are your must haves remote? You know, it's like, <laughs> they're really like set on it. So I think there's definitely still candidates out there like that. 
I've had people come to me and say, my company's going hybrid or making us all come in. So like I'm leaving, there's no question about it. Um, so I definitely think that's been a selling point of ours. Um, and yeah, we're putting it in our messaging and everything as well. What, what I guess in, in your opinion, in terms of, um, kind of where things are going to go, because obviously there's a big push right now, big return, to, well, not return to the office, but fully, but it's a big push for hybrid, which I think has created a unique situation, particularly for people who have like relocated yes. uh, because of remote work. And maybe they've gone somewhere where, uh, the cost of living is lower and they're mm -hmm. getting more, uh, able to, able to get more for the dollar. And so you got a lot of people who have left major cities. Now there's this pushback to uh, to hybrid work, but you know every single time I do a poll on LinkedIn, for example, you know it's really clear. I'll get five, six, seven thousand people respond, and it's usually seventy percent of people are wanting fully remote. So I'm curious, like just your kind of thoughts on: Do you think we'll go back to fully remote at some point when the market turns, just pure out of just pure necessity to attract talent, or where do you think it's gonna gonna land? Yeah, I I hope so. I think so. <laughs> <I hope. laughs> um, because yeah, I think like right now, because there are so many candidates that have been laid off and it's much easier to attract talent right now. Um, a lot of companies and larger companies have, man, I think kind of taken advantage of the current labor market um, and, you know, kind of chose this time to open up offices again because they know that people can't have their choice of a job like they did a year and a half ago, right? Yeah. Um, so I do hope that, you know, once things improve in the in the tech space and and you know companies, it's just a little bit more secure and and solid that um, more companies will be open to remote. Yeah, and are you, I guess what what are you doing? Um, you get do like offsites every quarter, or like how are you bringing people together? Because obviously that's an important part of of uh, of business, right? Is bringing people yeah. together. So so how how are you guys navigating that? And it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Some of your employees saying like we want to be able to collaborate more. Yeah. Um, like, are you meeting offsite like a, on a periodic basis? Like, how are you working that? Yeah, so our goal is twice a year we'll get together in person for an in-person offsite um, and, you know, fly everyone out and um, do probably like a three or four day, um, like a bunch of sessions that are, you know, cross-functional, collaborative, you know, learning opportunities, but also just like get to know each other, right? Um, and like increase that trust factor. Um, we actually just had ours about two weeks ago for the spring, and then we'll have another one in the fall um, and just have gotten really, really good feedback. You know, I think everyone really appreciates that. Um, but on an ongoing basis, we're doing we're still doing the remote happy hours. You know, those are option. I would say probably like a good 60 or 70 percent of people show up. Um, and I think some of that's like time zone related because sure. of people. Yeah, the poor person in the UK is just happy oh, hour by himself <laughs> yeah exactly he's like it's like the middle of the night for him he's not he's not coming <laughs> um and then we do have certain like hubs throughout the u.s where there's like three or four employees who maybe live in chicago or austin or pittsburgh and we really encourage them to get together and maybe go to a co-working space or even just cool. get together for happy hour coffee or whatever um, so that kind of thing happens, but, um, we, yeah, we're, we're trying to do, you know, more like 
um, collaborative events and, you know, things of that nature that, um, so people can get together and get to know each other a bit. And then just so we're clear too, like your the company is growing in revenue. So things are going well, even though you're fully remote. Cause, uh, I, I still hear this, these murmurings of like worker productivity goes massively down with remote work. And they're like, yeah, over the last couple of years, uh, productivity has gone down. And I'm like, I'm not sure if remote works to blame or maybe a global pandemic. Uh, it's up yeah. in the air right now. Uh, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's cool that, uh, I guess it, it helps that you start that the company started when it did as yes. well, because obviously if you're invested in real estate, you've invested yes. in a massive office space. Like I totally get where even the pressure would be to make use of the investments and things like that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Someone's, someone's actually got a great question and I'm, I'd, I'd love to know your take on this as well. Um, and they just said, curious on your, to know your thoughts on project based work and the possibility of converting into a permanent job. And one of the things that I've heard a lot about right now is, is companies looking at, you know, more of this like contract and kind of like project-based work. So I'm curious, is that something that you guys are looking at in terms of like growth uh, mm -hmm. or are you like, you know, permanent employees uh, is, is the way to go? You know, we're really still looking at full-time hires, um, but, you know, I will reflect back on my days, you know, starting an agency and I was in the contract division when I started um, and really like that's, I think, one of the biggest reasons the company saw such a big growth spike during the like 2011 to 2000, probably like 14, 15 years because as we were coming out of that recession, so many companies wanted to hire contract workers and so many of them ended up converting to permanent employees. So I'm a huge fan of that. I've seen big, big success in that, but for the last recession, I, I mean, it only makes sense that that's gonna happen again. Um, and then even personally, like last summer when I was still job searching, I took on a contract role because I was like, I need to stay busy. Like I can't just like sit here and job search every day. Um, and that was one of the best things for me because, you know, something landed in my, in my lap after that, but I was able to keep busy for a few months and make some money and, and learn. So I'm a huge, huge fan of contract work. And how, how did that come about? I mean, I know you mentioned you have a strong network, but yeah. obviously there's a lot of recruiters that listen to this and I, not so much on LinkedIn, but on TikTok, funnily enough, I get a lot of recruiters tuning into like my job search Q&A that I run every single day. And a lot of them have questions around like, how do you get a contract work? And so I guess what would be your advice? You know, if you're thinking about a recruiter that's maybe been laid off, mm -hmm. they're really needing something mm -hmm. um, and they're struggling to find it. Like, how did you go about landing something contract? Are there any kind of tips you'd have in terms of like, how to approach people like i guess what was your what was your strategy in, in landing that yeah you know i it's interesting because i i got my contract role last summer and then also my full-time role through different vcs but so like i now have a lot of contacts like not only internal recruiters but you know talent partners at vcs and of course they have portfolios of companies that they're helping you know to find talent for um, and making those connections. So I had reached out to one of my contacts at a VC. Um, she just happened to be in touch with one founder that said like, we wanna just bring someone on contract. Do you know anyone? She put us in touch and it was, you know, the rest was history. So, um, you know, the, the VC route I think is, is gaining a lot of like interest and traction and, 
it's almost like a mini agency, but without fees, right? Like they're in service to their portfolio. Um, and so they're constantly meeting candidates and, you know, trying to make connections. Although I will say a lot of what they do is like higher level, like director level and above. So executive, um, like, I don't know if they'd be helping, maybe they might be helping on the tech side, like software engineers. Um, but you know, if you were like a customer support rep or something like that, I don't think they're necessarily going to be meeting with a ton of, um, you know, kind of like that more to the entry level to mid-level, um, profiles. Sure. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. So, and, and I think that, I mean, I always tell recruiters, right, set up a, set up an LLC, set up a business account yes. and get an offer together, you know, yes. like, what's your hourly rate. And then yes. you see an open job. Go the old contingency route. Exactly. Give them a call and say, "Hey, do you need some help with this? Here's my offer. I right. work with companies on a, you know, monthly retainer basis or whatever it is, an hourly yeah. basis. Um, it's 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 really cool. It's cool though that out of that contract work though, you were mm -hmm. able to make the connections to to get your current position, which I, yeah. I think is is really cool. And I am always a little bit, you know, I want to be careful, but I am I'm always a little bit, um, not hesitant, but like just sometimes I'm like, all right, if you're a recruiter it's all about networking. So you've really got to rely on that network that you've been building over, over time. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious too, obviously there's a lot of talk about chat GPT and AI. And uh, I've been asking guests recently, like, have you been kind of looking at different ways within your recruitment process or your recruitment workflow of like bringing AI in and just kind of curious if you, if you have, or if you have thoughts on where you kind of see AI impacting uh, the workflow, like where kind of some of the areas that you, you think there's, there's really big potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've vetted a couple of talent platforms that use AI in messaging and, um, and I think even like connecting, you know, the, the profile with the job, um, and have a bunch of different functionality. Um, we haven't necessarily like gone for it yet and like bring, brought them on as vendors because we're not doing like super high volume hiring right now. Um, but that's definitely something that we would look at in the future. Um, that said, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people that have chat GPT at our company. And so um, they are helping with some messaging and whatnot. But, you know, I've kind of found like the more casual messaging tends to um, it being a human. <laughs> yeah, like actually, yes, exactly. Like not the formal writing, like casual conversation tends to get yeah. really high response rates. And so I think those are, you know, our, um, like when we do AB testing, those are the ones that get the highest response. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting, I think, with particularly the sourcing tools, because I just always think too, like, it's so hard as a recruiter to base your whole judgment on like a profile on social media, for example, which is where most of the sourcing goes on because it's so dependent on whatever that person puts out. And so if it's just a, a candidate that just does not care about social media, right. but doesn't want that information out, which in the tech community, it's a pretty large portion of people. Like a lot of people are, you know, they don't want their information out. So I'm always just curious, like, well, if that's what you're going, if you're going based on what information people are putting out there by choice, surely eliminating the, the talent pool. So I'm always curious about that. I know, um, I think my my favorite so far 
I'm a little bit partial, but Bright Hire, they have uh, the interview transcription and they have a, they, they added this in maybe a month ago or so where like they will transcribe the whole interview and then you can hit a button and it will summarize it and then send that summary to a hiring manager. So I think stuff like that, I'm like, yes, because yes. I suck at notes. And, yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and it's distracting to have to be like, okay, I need to catch everything this person's saying. So yeah, you can just be more engaged in the conversation. Exactly. Like tools like that, I'm like, are, are really cool. So I'm, I'm always curious on that. Thoughts on, um, thoughts on, on obviously, again, we touched upon it with the tech market and where things have gone. Are you, you're kind of right in the epicenter of, of, of the tech world or historically where, where the epicenter, right? Uh, what, what are you, what are you kind of sensing in the market as a whole in terms of, um, kind of growth for the, for the rest of the year and kind of, kind of, uh, coming, you know, into the summer, like what are, what are you kind of hearing? What are you seeing out there? Yeah. So part of our offsite that we did a few weeks ago, we invited some of our investors to do like a Q and a with us. Um, and of course that was a big hot topic and asking for their opinion on, you know, where they think things are going. Um, and so, you know, I think there's like definitely a perspective out there that the rest of this year, people are still going to be kind of like hunkering down. I mean, it's almost midway through the year now. Mind um, blowing. I cannot I believe it. it. I mean, just crazy. I know. Um, so yeah, like the, I don't think there's a big expectation that like this year's going to boom by any stretch of the imagination. I think like 2024 and maybe even like a year from now, like mid 2024 is when, um, I've heard people hoping that, you know, the economy will pick back up or at least like the tech market. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It makes, it makes sense. I mean, I was, I was uh, making predictions earlier on this year that, yeah, maybe in going into to Q3, but obviously it just is not looking like that. And I'm like, summer is just notoriously kind of kind of a slow, slow. time. Yeah. Um, what 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 advice would you have in terms of? Um, yeah, I think about recruiters that have been laid off, recruiters that uh, are struggling to find find work. What um, I guess what advice would you have for for recruiters who are you know maybe considering leaving recruitment? Mm. Um, and and. I guess have you have you had any connections that maybe have been in recruitment for a while and they've just been like you know what I'm I'm done with this or I've been laid off a couple of times I'm done mm -hmm. like what what advice are you kind of giving to people who are in that situation? Yeah, you know, this is very much my perspective <laughs> because of how I started in recruiting. Um, so again, I started in a very down market, and that was the hardest I ever had to work in recruiting. It was so hard making cold calls and like candidates that were so desperate and like people crying in my office because they just need a job, like send me on a $11 an hour temp job, anything to make my bills. You know, it's just, it was a very, very sad and desperate time for a lot of people. Um, however, that was the hardest I've ever had to work in my career. And then it just shot up and the rest was like gravy, right? Like it just snowballed from there and got better and better and better and easier. And as you meet more people, it just gets easier. Um, so I think if you truly have a love and a passion for recruiting, stick with it. Um, there, what, what kept you, what kept you like going through that time? Like what, what motivated you? Yeah. Um, I think the team at Premier, you know, we had wonderful leadership. We had a great team. So these people kind of like started to become almost like my family. And I had just moved to San Francisco. So 
a lot of them were becoming my friends and my network. Um, so I really enjoyed coming to work every day and being around them. Um, but you know, at the same time, once like in the beginning, I knew that there weren't other jobs out there. So that was what was keeping me there financially, because at least I was getting some kind of a paycheck. Um, and then it really, like, as things started to pick up, it became fun. And it was just, you know, like placement after placement, after placement, win after win after win. Um, and there was no reason to leave. Like I could have gone internal anywhere in those 13 years. Um, but it was just so fun. My team was amazing. You know, the company culture was amazing and I was making good money, like all the reasons you would want to stay somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and it seems like, I mean, I, th I think agency, I think if you're in an agency, you're probably placed in a pretty decent spot in terms of obviously right now you have to work hard and you've got to work harder to get a hold of people. And I'm hearing a lot of talk from a lot of agencies. I got a lot of friends at agencies where it's like BD is the focus. Yes, right? that's like all you're doing. Building relationships, building relationships, which is hard because for a lot of recruiters who started in the last two to three years, no, two years since COVID, it was like that nobody had to do with BD because no. it was just, you just had to say, hey, you need a recruiter. Yes, right. we do. Yes. Uh, and so to see that pendulum swing in such a way, yes. but I, I love the fact that that's when you started, mm -hmm. you worked really, really hard. And I wonder if, you had to start it in a time like 18 months ago, whether you would have worked as hard to kind of develop those, those skill sets. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I see it as a huge blessing that I started in a down economy. And so, yeah, I guess, you know, some, um, you know, encouraging words to anyone out there who is either just starting in recruiting or recently started a year or two ago when it was a lot easier I would say keep at it. Like this is going to be the hardest you're going to work. It's just going to be blood, sweat, and tears. But it's just then like the rewards are exponential when you come out of a down market. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen also seen a lot of people right now starting their own agencies. Yes, uh, which I think kind of always happens. But then uh, I've seen some really creative uh, recruitment models out there as well. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of uh, just a, a lot of different ideas. And I think it was in 2021 like TA tech and HR tech, mm -hmm. they got like massive amounts of funding. It was like yeah. a record breaking year. Yes. And so there's a lot of people who are trying to disrupt traditional search. So it'll mm -hmm. be interesting to see kind of like as we come out of this time, like how companies partner with agencies. Yeah. I think agencies are getting more creative with what they offer. So it's, yes. it's kind of maybe trending away from like just pure contingency, seeing a lot of about around community um and you know building those strong communities uh, as well so it'll be super interesting um i know uh i know we're, we're kind of wrapping up here and and uh appreciate you spending so much time with us here as well i'm curious in in terms of um you know in terms of in terms of like when you're when you're looking at recruiters who are, are just kind of starting out uh, what would be what would be like where you would invest time right now? Like, would you be investing time in like new technology like AI and chat GPT? Is that is that time or would you be spending time on like branding and getting your name out there? Like where if, if you were just starting your career, like where would you be investing most of your time? Yeah, um, I would say like the branding and networking again, going back to it's, you know, this is a relationship business and it's who you know. And um, you know, going, going to coffee with people in person or just hopping on a call just to say, Hey, I thought of you, how are you doing? 
Um, I think those are, again, the things that people remember. Um, I actually just had, um, it's funny, when I was job searching, a recruiter who was interviewing me for a role at a company, um, I hit it off with her in the recruiting process. I didn't end up getting the job there. We kept in touch. She got laid off. She then reached out to me and just said like, hey, would you be willing to hop on a call and tell me what you're seeing out there? Like, she's the person I'm going to remember when there is a recruiting job to refer her, not all of the other people that just said, hey, I'm looking for a job. Keep me in, keep me in mind. Right. Like she actually wanted to get on a call with me, wanted to catch up with me. Um, so those are the types of things that I think people remember. And, you know, it was that personal connection that I had with her. Do you do you go to a lot of uh, industry events and things like that as well? I'm always curious if, if you're into that. Not a ton. Um, so because we're a YC company, um, there are some YC events that I've gone to that have been really great. Um, but yeah, I don't go to a ton of like, sometimes I'll go to like, um, a lunch and learn or something like a smaller event. I'm not a big conference person. <laughs> um, but if it's a smaller event where I feel like I can really make relationships and have like more intimate conversations with people, then I'll go. Yeah. And I think, I think that's something which, uh, I mean, I see this more maybe with kind of younger professionals coming in. Um, and I know like, even when I started in the workforce, it was, you know, 2008 kind of time and i remember people talking to me about the importance of networking and uh, and i really didn't discover how important networking was until 2019 well i suppose once i got in recruitment you're kind of mm -hmm. always networking and meeting with people um but I, I think it's it's one of those skill sets which i i feel like people network when they need something and then they, yeah. they stop networking and i've just convinced i'm convinced now that like even just having like you said, just reaching out to people, touching base with them, having those real conversations and just being intentional about that while you have a job, while you're not yes. asking for something is, is massive. So, uh, so I love that. So where, where can people find you? Obviously I'll tag your LinkedIn profile. Are you, uh, active on any other platforms or kind of involved in anything else? Yeah, pretty much just LinkedIn. That's the best place. I check my messages and I think my personal email might even be on there. I'm not sure. Um, I'm like, all, all the vendors just, their ears perked up and they're, they're going to be sending me <laughs> totally. um, But yeah, you can find me on there and uh, feel free to send me a message anytime. I'd love to chat and network with anyone who's interested. Yeah, guys, I always say too, if you're going to reach out to someone on the show, just put like a personal nod on there. Say, hey, so are you on the... Yeah the the podcast and then just be patient because uh you know not everybody is like me just hanging out on linkedin 24 7 yeah. <laughs> responding right. uh, so so always reach out be uh you know just be be polite yes. um but yeah i really appreciated your your time on here as well and i will be releasing this show probably maybe two to three weeks from now i'm trying to get more of a regular routine so i'll uh, i'll tag you in on that and uh and then guys i appreciate all the engagement too i know we had a lot of questions out there we had nathan aaron uh chintown as well so i appreciate all of the engagement um and if you guys uh want to be on the show or you know someone who should, be, who should be on the show feel free to dm me and uh always love that but krista i appreciate your time and uh hopefully we'll talk soon here absolutely well thanks for having me joel yeah we'll be in touch soon i'm sure Great. And I'll put the, uh, I'll put your career site too on the post so people can check out any open jobs you have as well. That'd be awesome. Awesome. Okay. We'll, we'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye.
All right, bye.